Lord for this church family. I thank the Lord for all of you that are uh, <coughs> part of this church, part of the uh, <coughs> involvement in just not only just being here, but are connected and involved in so many ways. And, you know, it's um, <coughs> the words I put up, I try to make them um, so that you don't rely simply on my word, but that you have the word of God. And I know we have a meal that is being prepared and will soon be ready. And I know I have more slides than I'll be able to get through this morning. I may <coughs> probably try to finish them this evening. And, um, but I do appreciate all of you being here. We are growing apostolic <coughs> legacy. And uh, <coughs> in fact, um, we are, uh, <coughs> I want to speak about the um, deliverance gospel. And I know um, I, I preached a few weeks ago about the prosperity gospel, and I know the deliverance gospel is we sing a song, break every chain, and immediately when you say the word deliverance, you immediately think of being bound by something. Obviously, that's the visual image of deliverance. And I, um, you know, I know that the, as already Brother Nick read, the devil's job, the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And I recognize that so much uh, that is out there can be extremely addictive. And from food, from caffeine, to alcohol, to tobacco, to uh, uh, drugs, to pornography, to your cell phone, I guess you can get addicted to hunting, to fishing, you can become Addicted. Now, we probably think maybe some of those would be easier to break than others. You know, some of them we would say are socially acceptable. My caffeine addiction is mine, and, and uh, as long as I can have my cup of java or my cup of coffee and I can have my Diet Coke, or as long as I can have, that's acceptable. And I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that because that's an acceptable addiction. And yet, uh, around here, if you've been a part of this church, you know that <clears throat> come the first of the year, we try to start off with 40 days of fasting for the year to break every chain. And we, we, target out areas of, you know, uh, just simply uh, a favorite food, a, a favorite beverage, a favorite, <clears throat> you know, even other foods or a favorite type of media or whatever, and trying to push back just uh, again 
not that we are, uh, you know, better than anyone else, but to take a moment to push back to say, you know what, we don't want anything to have more power than the word of the Lord, than God's voice, than uh, having the presence of Almighty God. And yet, as I said, probably, you know, uh, we've all uh, had times maybe that the Lord has impressed us and with things that you wouldn't necessarily go, oh, that's sin, uh, but realizing that that's getting a power over my life, that's gaining a foothold in my mind, in my heart, in my emotions, in my daily walk. I can't seem to, you know, that becomes sort of that first thing that I hone in on. And that's part of the fact that the Lord has come to set us free. And I, I read a, a couple of weeks ago when I talked about the prosperity gospel about how Jesus went through uh, the tests of uh, after he was baptized, after the Holy Ghost uh, descended like a dove, after the voice of God. He had three tests by uh, in, that were administered in time of his fasting and in time of his pushing back, not eating. And the Bible says he was hungry. And the enemy came to him and tested him three different times. One uh, impacted the lust of the flesh to make these stones bread and, and used a voice. If you are the son of God, make these stones bread. If you are, if that's who you are, you know, jump down, uh, go to the high mountain, look at all the kingdoms I can give you, a lust of, of the eyes, look at all the things that you could have. And then test three, uh, look, you could uh, uh, be there. If you will, I'll give you all the kingdoms if you will be, just worship me. And took him to the temple, to the pinnacle of where he was exemplifying Jesus, who was basically God in tabernacle form. That's what John says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word tabernacled with man that we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. So when you think that the devil brought Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple and said, look, look, you can be all of that and the angels will catch you. And yet Jesus passed all of those tests and he immediately picked up, uh, went and picked up the, uh, the book of Isaiah and the, he went in the spirit and the power, and he read in Luke, the fourth chapter, where he said, <clears throat> and he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day to read, and there was delivered him the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened up the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He hath to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of the sight, etc., etc. The gospel to the poor, and I preached about the prosperity gospel, because if you are poor today, I'm here to tell you that the Lord has come to make you rich. 
And if you remember what I preached about, it doesn't mean that you'll walk out of here with an extra $100 bill in your pocket, but you can be rich in the presence and power and authority of Almighty God. You can be wealthy in feeling that your sins have been remitted. You can have a new lease on life and a new direction. That's what the prosperity gospel is all about. Then he says to heal the brokenhearted, those that are sad, those that have been turned up, their world has been turned upside down and they feel brokenhearted. They feel overwhelmed. They feel, in some sense, forgotten. That's the gospel is for that. And then the third one in the list is to preach deliverance to the captives. Now, that word deliverance is uh, aphesis, which uh, in the Greek, which means to be released from bondage or imprisonment, pardon, forgiveness, remission of the penalty. As a matter of fact, that Greek word, aphesis, A-P-H-E-S-I-S, is used, oh, about 17 times in the New Testament. Nine times it's listed as remission. When you read it in this connotation, they, they interpreted it in the English as deliverance to the captive. That's the only place that Greek word is interpreted deliverance. The other nine of the other times, it's remission. So if you reread that verse using the word remission, to preach remission to the captives. It's used six times as forgiveness, to preach forgiveness to the captives. One time, another time as liberty, to preach liberty to the captives. And then in this, uh, in Luke, it was written in the King James as James Version as deliverance. Now, I'm going to just show you a couple of those places where it was listed. For this is the blood of my New Testament, which is shed for many for the Ephesus, or the deliverance, or the forgiveness, or the remission of sins. When Jesus said, I have come to bring deliverance to the captives, it's not just talking about breaking alcohol addictions. It's much deeper than breaking alcohol addiction. It's talking about the remission of sins. Wow. As a matter of fact, Mark, same word, first chapter, John baptized in the wilderness, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission, for the aphesis of sins. In fact, it's used in our famous verse in Acts, the second chapter in the 38th verse. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Jesus Christ for the aphesis of sins, for the deliverance of sins, for the liberty of sins, for the forgiveness. You know, we think in terms of forgiveness as, I'm so sorry I did that, and that's powerful. But guess what? There is a deliverance that you can have from continuing to do that. You say, 
Pastor, what are you saying? We, Acts the 13th chapter. Be it known unto you therefore that by the, through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all are justified from all things which could not be justified by the law of Moses. 26th chapter, forgiveness. Ephesians the first chapter, redemption through his blood. Forgiveness of sins. Colossians hath delivered us. Notice this. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness in whom we have Aphesus through his blood. What are you saying? I'm here to tell you that the gospel does more than just forgive and remit sins that are past. It breaks every chain. When someone says, I just can't get, I can't conquer this. I can't. You know what I'm telling you? You don't understand the power of the gospel. Because if you understood the power of the gospel, he, where it says here, Hebrews the ninth chapter, and almost all things by the law are purged with blood. Without the shedding of blood is no aphesis, no remission, no forgiveness, no pardon, no like it was, you know, has never happened. And I know everybody likes to quote John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave all his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 explains why that's so powerful. For God sent not his son into the world to When you talk about the deliverance gospel, it is the breaking of condemnation gospel. What do you mean? He breaks the power of sin. He breaks more than just pardon. It said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We become free from condemnation because of Ephesus. We're delivered. Delivered. Now I know you come in, you get baptized, and you can feel like, I don't know, I'm still carrying the burden. And my wife spoke last Sunday morning on the accuser. Part of that is the accuser of the brethren keeps bringing up stuff that's been put under. And you've got to remember that Jesus said, I have come to bring deliverance to the captives. If he can hold you captive, 
by what you've done, what you've said, how life has been to you, then you can't feel the liberating power, cleansing power, like the very night you went down and were baptized and you came up and you felt everything lifted off your shoulders like the night the Lord filled you with the Holy Ghost and you spoke forth in a heavenly language. There is a feeling of release and I'm forgiven and I'm washed. And I want you to understand that that is that same feeling you can feel 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anytime you come into the presence of the Lord and let the blood wash you, let the Spirit cleanse you, there is deliverance. John, the fifth chapter, the 24th verse, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that hath sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Jesus preached this. He preached it everywhere he went, even before the Holy Ghost. You remember the little story of the woman at the well? Well, and 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 then I John the eighth chapter, and, and they brought it, uh, they brought this woman, taken in the very act of adultery to her, and, and Jesus sees her, and, and, and they said, threw her down, here she is, she's caught in the act of adultery, she's a sinner. Jesus stoops down, writes in the dirt. When she looks around, Jesus stands up, and he's first question he asks her. Woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And what did she answer? They're all gone. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I. What's the word? Condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You say, Pastor, I feel beat up. I feel like all my past. I'm here to tell you there is a deliverance gospel. The good news is that Jesus is sent here to break every chain, every you, you say, I can't seem to forget. You keep bringing it back to the blood. Say, Lord, I'm asking you again. The devil keeps accusing me. The devil keeps bringing it up. But I am not going to live under a feeling of condemnation. I am going to walk, not walk in darkness. I am going to walk in light. And, and whenever he went to his disciples and he showed them his hands and, his, and, and he says unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And he said, and this he breathed on them, said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. And then look what he says. Whosoever sins you remit, 
they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. What are you saying? I am saying that we, when the presence of the Lord is here, you say, how can you say all my past is gone? Because of the blood of Jesus, the deliverance gospel that was preached by Jesus that breaks every chain. Paul hammered these words because when I feel accused, what do I want to do? I want to pass the buck. Goes back to, where are you, Adam? Not my fault. I've been accused. It's not my fault. They did it first. They were the bad ones. Wasn't me. Oh, I might have, but I was reacting to how they did. Huh? I accuser, my wife eloquently spoke last Sunday, wants you to voice accusation. Ultimately, he wants you to feel your condemnation and then pass it on to somebody else rather than to say, I've been delivered. Deliverance is for you too. You can feel what I'm feeling. I, I can tell you the night that I went down in a watery grave and came up, the night that I prayed through, when I have found myself looking in the mirror and feeling disgust, it's better to just own it and take it to the Lord and say, Lord, you know why. He hammers this in Romans, the eighth chapter, and I, I, I'll read some of these and then I'll, I'll stop because I, I just want to, you know, I want you to understand what Paul was trying to say in, in this epistle. He said, Romans the 8th chapter, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You jump down to the 14th verse, same chapter. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Father, Father. What are you saying? There is no condemnation. There is no bondage. There is no fear. You talk about anxiety, and I, I'm here to tell you there is deliverance for all of that. The 18th verse, same chapter. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He is saying that whatever you're going through cannot be compared to what the glory that shall be revealed in you. What happens is, whatever I'm going through, I immediately don't think of the future glory. I try to compare it to what somebody else is going through. Well, Lord, how come I have to go through this and they got off scot-free? How come... <laughs> 
You know, I, Joe, struggles with acid reflux and throwing up. And, and uh, I got a call yesterday from Sister Betty Patterson, and she said, how's the baby? And I said, well, she's got, she just throws up a lot. She said, my, my son, we called him the spit-up baby. He spit up all the time. I never knew that. Maybe all of y'all knew that. She said, oh, he'll grow out. She'll grow out of it. So have hope. <laughs> Changing uh, your clothes four or five times a morning will soon pass until they start blowing it out the other end. Then you know. <laughs> Sorry, we'll edit that out. Sorry. He says, what happens is people start comparing what they're going through to somebody else. Instead of comparing it to the future glory, Lord, what I'm going through now, I pray you glorify. <laughs> I want you to get glory. I can't tell you how many times, Brother Tim Galoni is not here this morning, but I can't tell you how many times he's told me, I come in because I want God to get glory for what he's done for me <laughs> thus far. Well, why does he have to go through it? And this one, who's mean as a striped spider, gets off Scott. That's not the comparison. It's, Lord, I want you to get glory out of everything I am. Why? Because I have had every chain broken, and I'm not here trying to compare to anybody else. I'm here to have my life set free from the blood by the blood of Jesus. The 37th and 38th verses through the 39th verse. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, we can read it together. What? Death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall separate us. When you apply the blood of Jesus to your life, nothing can conquer you because nothing can separate you. Oh, doesn't mean you're not going to struggle maybe with, you know, well, you've had a habit. You, you uh, always smoked, drank, had a morning cup of coffee. Doesn't mean that you might not still struggle with some what we want to call addictions, but I'm here to tell you they're not more powerful than you plus God. If you want to break them, they can be broken because there is nothing 
more powerful than the blood. Never forget during one of our journeys with our little Caitlin, they were trying to fight Crohn's. And they started her on chemotherapy. It was going to be administered at home. The nurse came, going to inject these chemicals in her body. Cancer-fighting chemicals, basically, to knock down the T-cells. The nurse came the first thing and said, I'll be coming, but I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. And we need to go someplace where I don't think there'll be an accident, but where there's not vinyl or linoleum or anything that's hardwood floor. I need to go to some place that's just got a throw rug or concrete. And I said, why is that important? She said, well, if one drop of this medicine hits a stone floor or a vinyl floor, brick floor, it'll pit it. It will leave a mark in it. It will eat it out. I'm looking at she was what, six, seven, eight? I don't remember. It was one of the courses of treatments. I'm looking at my little eight-year-old daughter. And I said, if a drop of this medicine hits this stone floor, it's going to pit it, and you're putting that in my daughter's body? She said, calm down. You don't understand how powerful her blood is. Her blood can handle this. Stone floor can't. But if I get the vein just right and I put it right in to the blood, that blood will send it and it will knock down every T cell that's causing this Crohn's. And you know what a preacher's thought. If my eight-year-old has that kind of powerful blood and she's only human, how much more powerful is the blood of Jesus? The deliverance gospel is complete and total forgiveness. Not just forgiveness, but deliverance. There's not a chain that can bind you unless you allow it. Because of the blood, you can break every habit, every chain. That's how powerful the gospel is. Let's stop.